Well, we're there in 2 Samuel chapter 15. This is now the second week we've been in this chapter, and uh, we, may, we may be in this chapter a third week. Uh, I haven't decided yet, but there's a lot in this chapter that we can learn. And it's interesting, you know, sometimes when you read through the Bible, when you're not preaching through the Bible, and you're just reading through the Bible, you think you're just being told stories, and, 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 and you are. Some of these books are narratives, but it's very interesting to me how the Bible is, is outlined as you go through it. Last week, we saw in the first part of this chapter, last week we went through verses 1 through 14, and we saw the characteristics of Absalom, who was a terrible follower, who was a very bad uh, follower. And we saw all the things that he did to bring problems to David, who was his leader. This week, we're going to deal with the second part uh, of, of the chapter. And what's interesting is, as you transition from the first part to the second part, uh, what's highlighted on the other part of this chapter is characteristics of a good follower or characteristics of good followers. So I want to teach you tonight from this passage about the subject or the idea. I want to just give you four thoughts or lessons, four characteristics of good followers that we can learn from this passage. Now, here's what I want you to understand. This is very applicable to all of us because for a couple of reasons. Number one, and I'm, I'm sorry, Brother Graham, is there any way you could just turn me up a little bit? I'm having trouble hearing myself, and I'm, if I can't hear myself, we're going to have issues tonight. We're not going to, no one's going to learn anything. All right, thank you very much. Appreciate that. When it comes to being a follower... All of us are followers at some point or in some area in our lives. Even if we have leadership responsibilities, we are followers in some areas. For example, you may be a follower at work. You know, as a male, you may be the leader of your home, but at work you are the employee. You may be a follower as a church member, or you may be a follower as a wife. You may be a follower as a child, or as a student, or as a citizen. All of us in some areas of our lives or at some point in our lives are followers. But even if you're a leader, it's good for you to understand what it means to be a good follower because guess what? You cannot be a good leader without being a good follower. And what's interesting is that today, these types of lessons or these types of sermons, you know, people go to school today and they'll go to school for years and years and years and years and they'll go through elementary school and junior high school and high school and some people will even go to college and get college educated. But you know what? Most people don't educate today. Most schools are not educating children and we are not doing a good job at educating children. Hopefully we are as a church and hopefully you are as, a, as, uh, as you homeschool your children, as you bring them to Verity Baptist Church and we teach them and educate them here. But you know, something we don't teach our children is character. We don't teach children how to have good character and how to have good integrity. And we don't teach children how to be good Followers. So this is a good lesson for all of us to kind of learn what does it mean to be a good follower. I want to give you four things tonight. You, you should write these down if you're able to. If you don't have a child on your lap, we'd love for you to take some, some notes on this. Look at verse number 14. That's where we'll start tonight. We left off in verse number 13 last week. 2 Samuel 15 and verse number 14, the Bible says this, And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise. And let us, now notice what he says, and let us flee. Now that doesn't sound like victory, okay? That doesn't sound good. He says, arise and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed, notice what he says, to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly. Talking about Absalom, who's now taken over the king, or, or attempting to take over the kingdom. He said, let us, uh, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us, all right? 
Things are not going well. They are not winning. They are not advancing. They are not succeeding. Things are, 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 are in, in a bad state for David and his followers at this point and smite the city with the edge of the sword. He said he's going to bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. Now notice verse number 15. And the king's servant said, so David as a leader just got done saying, things aren't going well, we're not winning, we're not going to win this game. In fact, we got to go, we got to flee, we got to depart. Now notice how the followers, these are good followers, these are good men. Notice how they respond, verse 15. And the king's servant said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready. Notice what they said. Thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my Lord the King shall appoint. You know what they just got done saying? They, they said, we're ready to do whatever is needed. They said, we're ready to do whatever it takes. Look at verse 16. And the king went forth and all his household after him. And the king left ten women which were concubines to keep the house. And the king, notice, the king went forth, but he didn't go alone. And all the people after him. And tarried in a place that was afar off. The first lesson I'd like to give you tonight in regards to being a good follower is this. Good followers retreat with their leaders. Good followers know how to not only advance, they know... See, here's the thing. It doesn't take a lot to be a good follower when things are going well. It doesn't take a lot to be a good follower when you're succeeding, when you're winning, when you're having victories, when you're taking land, when you're conquering, when you're having big days, when you're having big offering. It doesn't take a lot to follow when he has a job, when he's getting raises, right? It doesn't take a lot to follow when things are going well. But you really learn whether you're a good follower or not when things fall apart. You really begin to understand whether you have a good follower who's following you as a leader when things are not going well. Because you know what? It's easy to lead followers into victory. But a good follower will not only follow you when you're slaying Goliath, he'll also follow you when you're running and fleeing and retreating from Absalom. See, good followers retreat with their leaders. A good follower is not a good weather fan. Do you understand what I'm saying? A good follower is not just there while things are good, while everything's succeeding. They know how to advance and they know how to retreat. Keep your place there in 2 Samuel 15. Go with me to the book of John in the New Testament, John chapter number 6. And when you get there, do me a favor and keep your place there in John because we're going to leave it and we're going to come back to it. John chapter 6, and look at verse number 66. John chapter 6 and verse number 66. It's John 666. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John 666. Notice what the Bible says. From that time, many of his disciples went back. Jesus in this chapter, if you take the time to read the entire chapter, we won't take the time to do it. But Jesus basically has a church split. All right? He gets done preaching a very controversial sermon. And because of it, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. After a pretty hard sermon, after a pretty heavy sermon, after a pretty controversial teaching, many of his disciples quit and said, we don't, we don't want anything to do with this. And, and by the way, that, you know, that's why I don't feel that bad when, when I preach sermons like the Orlando thing and we lost several families here. I don't feel that bad because, you know, that, it happened to Jesus. He preached some controversial things and people left and quit on him. But look at verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Now I want you to know, Jesus is God. 
He's God in the flesh. I mean, he, he knows and understands everything. And yet Jesus asked a question. I think he asked this question because it kind of helps us to see the way that leaders think and the way the fact that even leaders can be frail at times. Notice what he says in verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Notice what Jesus says to the disciples. Will ye also go away? I mean, here you have the leader, the Lord Jesus Christ, who up to this point has been having a lot of success. Up to this point, he's been having a lot of uh, people are coming. They're flocking to him speak. He's, he's performing miracles. He's, he's doing a lot of great things. He preaches a sermon. People quit on him. Then he looks at the 12 and he, said, he asks this question, Will ye also go away? See, during times of decline, leaders often will wonder, I wonder who's going to stick around with me. I wonder who's going to go now. I wonder who's going to retreat with me or who's going to just leave us here. Notice the response. Verse 68. You know what I like about Peter? Peter messed up a lot, but when he's on, he's on. And this is one part where Peter is on. I mean, he, he shines here in verse 68. Then Simon Peter answered him. I, I love the response that Christ gets from Peter. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. He, Peter says, you know, well, where are we going to go? There, there's, there's nowhere to go. You know, are we going to go to the church down the street? I mean, you know, and that's kind of the, the, the some, 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 that's a good question to ask. You know, before you quit a good church, you know, God, God might move you. And, and if he moves you to another great church, uh, then praise the Lord for it. But before you quit a good church, you got to ask yourself this question. To whom shall we go? Are you going to go to the church down the street that doesn't go soul winning? Are you going to go to the church down the street that doesn't believe the King James Bible? Are you going to go to the church down the street that believes you got to repent of your sins to be saved? I mean, Peter asked a very good question. He said, well, well if, we, if we quit here, what are we going to do from here? He said, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. But I want you to understand this. You know why Peter was a great man and the disciples were mightily used of God? Because they were not fair weather fans. When many disciples quit on Jesus, they said, well, we don't have, we don't have anywhere else to go. And when, Ab, when David was running from Absalom, they said, we are ready to do whatever needs to be done. He said, what needs to be done is we need to retreat. And they said, we know how to retreat. We know how to advance. We know how to do whatever we need to do. See, a good follower retreats with his leader. They're not a good weather fan. Keep your place there in John. We're going to uh, leave there and come right back to it. But go, to the, go back to 2 Samuel 15. Let me give you another lesson. I said, number one, good followers retreat with their leaders. Number two, good followers remain with their leader. Good followers remain with their leaders. A good follower is in it for the long haul. Look at verse 18, 2 Samuel 15 and verse 18. And all his servants passed on beside him, and all the Carathites, and all the Pelathites, and all the Gittites. Now notice this, 600 men which came after him from Gath. Now, what is Gath? Where is Gath? Gath is one of the provinces of the Philistines. Remember, the Philistines had five different locations. Gath is one of them. In fact, you may remember a fairly famous Philistine by the name of Goliath who came out of Gath. And if you've been with us as we've been studying the book of 1 and 2 Samuel, you know that in 1 Samuel, there was a season in David's life when he was running for his life, when he was running from Saul, and he ran to the Philistines. Remember, he sojourned with the Philistines. And 
while he was there, do you remember that there came men that were in distress, that were in debt, that were a mess, and they came to him, and they followed him as he was running from Saul. And here the Bible tells us that as he's running back, as he's retreating from Absalom, 600 men go with him, and these are men that have been with him since he was in Gath, and they passed over before the king. And here's what I want you to say. The events that we're reading about with Absalom is towards the end of David's reign. Because David only reigned for 40 and a half years. And if you remember, Absalom is, is 40 years old at this point, And Absalom was born early into David's reign. So these events are taking place at about the 40-year I mean, this is literally one of the last things that happens in the life of David. And we've got some events at the end of 2 Samuel that are not in chronological order. And if you've studied the Bible at all, you know that the Bible does that a lot. A lot. In the book of Judges, you've got a chronology. And then at the end, you've got some stories tacked on at the end that are not in chronological order. We find this here in 2 Samuel. This is happening towards the end. These men were not only with David back when he was running from Saul, but they've been with him the entire time. That, I mean, for 40 years that he's been reigning, they've been with him. And you know what? Good followers remain with their leaders. They're in it for the long haul. You know, I think of, a, of the application of, of, of a wife being a follower. You know, a wife needs to learn how to retreat with her husband. You know, when a wife took a vow, she said, for better or for what? Worse. You know, and as a good, listen, wives. You ought to be thankful when your husband's succeeding, when he's getting raises and he's getting bonuses and the, and the business is flourishing. You ought to be his biggest cheerleader. You ought to be his biggest fan. You ought to be happy and glad when he's buying you nice clothes and putting you in nice vehicles. But you know what? When he loses that job or when the business isn't going well or when it's time to retreat, you know, don't be the wife that's complaining and, and, and putting him down. A good follower knows how to advance and knows how to retreat. And you know what? Uh, A follower knows how to remain with their leader. Another vow that a wife made was, till death do us part. And you know, good followers and, and a good leader is fortunate whenever he finds himself having a follower that's going to stick with them. You know, I, I, I often will read books about churches and church history and church growth and things of that nature. And you know what I found? And I've listened to a lot of sermons and I've listened to a lot of pastors talk about these things. And you know what I found is that any church that is, that is successful, and when I'm talking about successful, I mean successful in the, in the sense that they're reaching people and they're growing, whether they're independent, fundamental Baptist or liberal, whether they're someone that we would endorse or someone we would not endorse, every church that is successfully growing has in it church members that have been there for 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years. I mean, find the large church in any community, and you will find people in that church that have been there for 20 years. You need those types of followers. Verity Baptist Church needs one day to be able to say, you know, so-and-so, brother, so-and-so has been with us, sister, so-and-so has been with us 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, because a good follower knows how to remain. Now, of course, we've got some men that are going to go, and we're going to send them out to start churches, and praise the Lord for that. We've got some others that, you know, you will move, and you will go to good churches, and that's fine. That's great. But listen, if you're going to be a good follower, you need to learn how to remain. You need to learn how to stay, because here's the thing about staying for a long time. You have to learn to have some grace with your leader. 
Because you know what? Your leader's, your leader's going to make mistakes. Whether your leader's your boss or your pastor or your husband or your parents or whoever it is, they're going to mess up. I mean, they're going to forget your birthday from time to time. And they might forget your name, you know, or they might whatever. You know, they, they might forget that anniversary and it's the 20th and I know. And it was in the bulletin, and really, you know, and they might not get, you know, but here's the thing. In order to stick with David for 40 years, you had to have stuck with him through the Bathsheba thing. You understand what I'm saying? You had to have stuck with him through a lot of nonsense. And a good follower knows how to remain with their leader. Go look at verse number 19. So we saw number one, a good follower knows how to retreat with their leader. And a good follower knows how to remain with their leader. Look at, look at verse number 19. And then said the king to Ittai, the Gittite, Wherefore goest thou also with us? So here's what's interesting. Here we have another Philistine, a Gittite, who's following David, and he's specifically mentioned here. His name is Ittai. And David does not expect this man to go with him. He asks this question. He says, Wherefore goest thou also with us? He's saying, Why are you coming with us? He says, return to thy place and abide with the king. It's interesting, David refers to Absalom as the king. And and he's doing that because he's basically decided that he's going to be okay with the outcomes of this event. If this is God replacing him, then he'll be fine with that. And we'll deal with that uh, probably next week with how to deal with adversity in your life and how David dealt with it here. But he says, he tells this, this Ittai, the Gittai, he says, Why are you coming with us? He says, go back, abide with the king. He says, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. Now in verse 20, he explains why he doesn't expect this guy to go with him. See, he expects the guys that have been with him for 40 plus years to go with him. But he doesn't expect this guy to go with him because of what he says in verse 20. Notice what he says. He says, whereas thou camest but yesterday. Now he may, he may have been exaggerating or he may have literally this guy might have just showed up yesterday you know we had several church people that basically joined our church about a week before the whole orlando thing you know and that's they were our it ties you know they they showed up right before everything you know uh went out of control look at verse 20 wherefore thou camest but yesterday should i this day make thee go up and down with us Seeing I go whither I may, return thou and take back thy brethren, mercy and truth be with thee. So basically David is telling this guy, he's saying, look, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to criticize you. You just showed up. You just got here yesterday. You can go back home. Go serve Absalom as your king. Mercy and truth be with you. I don't expect you to go. He said, you just got here. You just started following me. You just became my follower. I don't expect you to go with us. Notice the response from Ittai. Look at verse 21. And Ittai answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my lord the king liveth, surely in what place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. See, not only do good followers know how to retreat with their leaders, and not only do good followers know how to remain with their leaders, but good followers are resolved about their leaders. So what do you mean by that? The word resolve means to come to a definite or earnest decision about something. See, a good follower doesn't have to... This Ittai, he said, you know what, David? I cast my lot with you yesterday, and everything fell apart today, but I don't have to reconsider. 
I don't have to stand back and say, I wonder if I decided, I wonder if I joined the right church. Or I wonder if I married the right guy. Or I, I, I wonder if this is really what God has for me. He said, I've already, he said, I'm resolute. He said, I've already decided. He said, I've already resolved. He said, I already decided that this is what God had for me to follow you, David, and I will follow you whether in death or life. Even there also will thy servant be. Go to John chapter 6. Go back to our story about Jesus and, and Peter. Peter basically says the same thing. John chapter 6, verse 66. For that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Now notice, notice verse 69. He says, and we believe and are sure. He says, we are resolute. We are, have already decided. We don't have to reconsider. We don't have to reopen it up for a debate. I don't have to sit here and think about it. We believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, a good follower decides who they're going to follow, who they're going to cast their lot with, who they're going to decide. God has ordained this as my leader here on earth, whether it's a spouse, whether it's your pastor, whether whatever area of life that you may have to lead and then once they make that choice they don't reopen it they don't reconsider it they, they, they say I will go with you in advance and I will go with you in retreat I will remain for better or for worse and he's basically telling David till death do us part you know whether if you die then I'm going to die with you and Peter said the same thing he said, we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ. He said, we already decided who you are. We already decided what we believe. We already decided where we stand. Because a good follower is resolved about their leader. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. You can find the T books in the New Testament. You got 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse number 16. 2 Timothy chapter 1. In verse number 16, notice what the Bible says. 2 Timothy 1.16 here Paul is speaking to Timothy. <coughs> Paul is speaking to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.16. And he says this, The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me, and notice what he says about him, and was not ashamed of my chain. Paul said, you know, when I got arrested, when I got incarcerated, when I got imprisoned, when I got a chain put around me because of what I believe and what I preach, some people were ashamed, some people were embarrassed, some people, you know, were, were not happy. But he said, this man stuck with me. Because you know what, that's what a good follower does. A good follower just says, you know, I've decided. And by the way, as you're following Jesus Christ, make sure you decide to follow Jesus, no matter what anybody thinks, no matter what anybody says, no matter what society believes. So we saw number one, and keep your place there in John still, but, but go, go back to 2 Samuel. We saw number one that a good follower knows how to retreat with their leader. They're not good weather fans. A good follower knows how to remain with their leader. They're in it for the long haul. A good follower is resolved about their leader. They don't need to reconsider. They've already made their choice. Number four, a good follower knows how to relay information to their leader. You're there in 2 Samuel 15, look at verse 22. And David said to Ittai, go and pass over. And Ittai the Gittite passed over and all his men and all the little ones that were with him. 
And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over. I want you to notice this. It's just a side note. But it says that David passed over the brook, the brook Kydron. And all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. There's some interesting similarities between Christ and, and David when Christ was uh, basically betrayed and when David was betrayed. Uh, one is that they were both betrayed by their friends, Judas Iscariot and, of course, Absalom, or you could throw Ahithophel in there. But it's interesting that David crossed the book Kidron as he was leaving Jerusalem. And it's interesting, go to John chapter 18 just real quickly. John chapter 18, when Jesus was getting ready to be crucified and when he was going to be betrayed by Judas Iscariot, he crosses the same brook by a different name in the New Testament because of the spelling's a little different because of the language. John 18, look at verse 21, just a good cross-reference for you. John 18:1 says this, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the book Cedron, which is just a New Testament spelling, Greek spelling, uh, you know, translated from the Greek, uh, Kydron, where was a garden in the which he entered and his disciples. So just a nice cross-reference there, a similarity between David and the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but go back to 2 Samuel 15. Look at verse 24. So David crosses the brook Kydron, and when he gets, and the Bible tells him in verse 24, 2 Samuel 15, verse 24, and lo, Zadok also, and all the Levites were with him. Now, Zadok is... And the Levites, these are the spiritual leadership of the nation of Israel. And if you ever wonder, you know, if you ever find yourself in a, in a position where, where there's like a David and Absalom, and you're not sure which one is right or which one is wrong, you, you, ought, to just, you ought to just consider their friends. And you ought to consider who is going out to David and who is going out to Absalom? Because when all the priests and all the Levites and all the spiritual people go to David, that ought to give you a hint that maybe David's not the bad guy. You know, whenever someone's hanging around just a bunch of carnal, fleshly, you know, people that aren't spiritual, that ought to give you a hint that, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Look at verse 24. And lo, Zadok also and all the Levites were with him, bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God, and Abiathar went up until all the people had done passing out of the city. And the king said unto Zadok, Carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here am I. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. Basically, David is saying, I'm not going to use the ark of God as a, uh, a good luck charm. You know, and that's how we started the book of 1 Samuel, remember? That's how they lost the ark to begin with. Because they thought, oh, let's bring the ark with us and God will, will favor us. And David said, no, 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 no. If God favors me, I'll, get, I'll come back and I'll, I'll see the ark. Notice verse 27. The king said also unto Zadok the priest, Art not thou a seer? So this guy's a priest. He's a seer. He's a prophet. Return into the city... In peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimehaz, thy son, and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, see, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness until there come word from you to certify me. So he tells the priests and the Levites, he says, just go back to the city, take the ark back, and you've got your two sons there. I'm going to tarry, he tells them, he tells them where he's going to be, and he says, when you hear word, you come send it my way. Look at verse 29. Zadok therefore and Abiathar carried the ark of God 
uh, to Jerusalem, and they tarried there. And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet and went uh, and wept as he went up and had his head covered, and he went barefoot, and all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up weeping as they went up. And of course, this is a very uh, uh, troubling time for David. He's dealing with a lot of uh, a lot of pain, a lot of turmoil, and there's some lessons we can learn about the, the things that David did to be able to deal with those. Verse 31, and one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the, his, the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Ahithophel was David's counselor. And now Ahithophel has turned on David, uh, just like Judas Iscariot turned on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 32. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount where he worshipped God, behold, Hushai the archite came to meet him with his coat rent and the earth upon his head. Unto whom David said, if thou, passest out, if thou passest out with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. So Hushai is also a counselor. Okay? Ahithophel and Hushai are both counselors for the king. And Hushai comes out and says, I'm going to follow you, David. But David says, if you come with me, you're actually going to be a burden. I'm actually going to, you know, uh, uh, for whatever reason, maybe he had health problems or whatever. He said, I'm not going to be able to care for you out here. He said, uh, uh, look at verse 33, unto whom David said, if thou pass on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant. Then mayest thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. Now this is an actual story that actually took place. This is actually a military campaign. And what David is doing is he's basically setting up spies in Jerusalem to let him know what Absalom is planning on doing. But these are David's followers. They're actually loyal to David, but they stay back in order to do reconnaissance, in order to be able to get information and to send it back. Look at verse 33. Unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant. We read that. I'm sorry. Look at verse 35. And hast thou not there with thee Zadok and Abiathar the priest? Therefore it shall be that what things soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, thou shalt tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priest. Behold, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimahaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by them ye shall send to me everything that ye can hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. And here's what I want you to understand. A good follower knows how to rely or relay, excuse me, information to their leader. A good follower will keep the leader in the loop. It's always funny to me, you know, as, and it's, this doesn't only happen here at Verity Baptist Church because I've talked to many pastors and they all say the same thing. It's always funny how the pastor and the pastor's wife are always the last ones to find out about anything. I mean, people could literally, I mean, people could be getting like a divorce, like moving out, you know, living, you know, separately. And it's like the whole church knows except the pastor. And it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, usually people will keep things on pur- purpose away from the pastor and his wife. You know, they purposely try to hide things from them. And then other people just assume the pastor knows. And they're like, well, I thought you knew. And it's like, well, yeah, so did every, you know, 15 other people just thought we knew and no one took the time to come and tell us, you know, that, uh, you know, whatever's going on or, or whatever we need to come in and step in. You know, and here's what a good leader does. It's always nice when someone comes up to me and says, Hey, Pastor, you may or may not already know this, but I just thought you might know X, Y, and Z is going on. You know, and that's not snitching, all right? We're not talking about like, you know, did you know that so-and-so smokes? I don't care, all right, if they smoke. 
All right, we're not talking about sin, but we're, talk, we're talking about like, hey, did, did you know that there's a major thing going on? You know, I don't know if you know this, you know. Uh, just thought you might want to know. So-and-so has been passing out flyers talking about how you have to repent of your sins to be saved. Hey, that's something you need to tell me about, all right? <laughs> Absalom's been in the parking lot, you know, talking to people and, and, and hugging them and saying X, Y, and Z. Hey, you know, you need to keep me in the loop with those things. And people are like, well, I just thought you knew. You know, hey, when I show up next, next a couple of Sundays from now and have the church meeting in another parking lot, you know, because Absalom split the church, it's a little too late to tell me, all right? So a good leader, and by the way, at work, you know, be, don't bother your boss, but communicate with them. Wives, communicate with your husbands, or husbands, communicate with your wives. How about that? You know, uh, 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 children need to communicate with their parents. Good Followers know how to relay information back to the leader. And David had these men. He said, you stay back and you let me know what's going on. And you let me know because we're going to not let Absalom deal with these, uh, you know, get away with these things. So we saw four lessons. Number one, good followers know how to retreat with their leaders. They're not good weather fans. A good follower is not a good weather fan. Good followers remain. They know how to remain with their leader. They're in it for the long haul. They're in it to stay. They'll be with you through Gath and through the 40 years and through Absalom. They'll stick with you. Good followers are resolved about their leaders. They don't need to reconsider. They make their choice. And if things fall apart the next day, they just say, you know what? I've chosen who I'm going to follow. I've chosen where I'm going to go. Good followers know how to relay information to their leaders. They keep the leader in the loop. Isn't it interesting how the first part of the chapter deals with a terrible follower, Absalom? And then the second part of the chapter deals with all these great leaders, that, oh, these great followers, excuse me, that David had that helped him win the victory over Absalom. Let's bow our heads.